I'll introduce this by saying something that may not quite fit with it. But uh, the first thing that I read when I picked up my Bible yesterday after I kind of put notes together and I was looking for some other things, the first thing I read was Luke chapter 1 verse 37. For no word from God will ever fail. No word from God will ever fail. How many times does the Lord tell us that? Isaiah said, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And the psalmist said, as the Lord was speaking, my covenant I will not break nor alter the word that has gone out of my lips. God's word will never fail. What God has said, he will do. What God has promised, he will perform. And if you have heard from God, you have already received an answer from God. So your life lived totally is a victory. You can live your life partially. You don't have to live it totally. You can live it partially. You can live it somewhat. You can live it halfway. You can live it all the way and totally. You're going to sell out to something. You're going to sell your life out to something. You're going to give your life somewhere to somebody. If you give it for yourself, if you give it for some person that in the world and by the emotions of the world, you consider that you love You're going to give your life somewhere. You're going to find a cause that's worth the pouring out of your life or a cause that has no value and does not deserve your life. You will give your life somewhere, halfway, partway, all the way. You'll give your life somewhere. And I know someone who asks you to give your life And when you do in obedience to him, you receive great, abundant, overwhelming, overpowering reward for that. His name is Jesus. And he asks you for everything. He asks you for everything that isn't selfish. He asks you that because he has a right to ask. He he asks you that because he deserves that from you. He asks you that because he wants what's best for you. And if your life is sold out to him, that's the best thing that you can possibly do. But do you know he'll accept less than that? He actually will accept less than giving your life totally to him. He'll take you if you're a 50% Christian. You've already been saved. I'm not talking about being saved. Now you're saved or you're not saved. But after you're saved, then you've got to walk with the Lord. Then you decide what kind of Christian you're going to be. I'm going to be an almost all-out Christian. I'm going to be part of the time Christian. I'll be a Christian when I'm around Christian people. When I'm around sinful people, I'll be one, but not quite so much. And you know, The Lord will accept that. He won't be happy with it. He won't be pleased with it. But he'll accept that. He's not going to take you out and throw you away. 
because you fail him one time or because you just decide, you haven't really decided to all out commit yourself to him. The Bible's full of what I'm telling you. You read 1 Corinthians. If you don't think there were Christians in the Corinthian church that were carnal, unspiritual, almost to the point of being ungodly. But Paul addressed them as believers. He, he, his epistles deal with that. The reason he's telling Christians in his epistles in his epistles how to draw so much closer to God is because they were not close enough and they needed that teaching to draw closer to him. Just like we do. There are Christians here who are somewhat Christian in this church this morning. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying if you look at a crowd this size, this is always true. This is just a general statement. And some of you here haven't really sold out to the Lord. You saved, but you haven't really sold out to the Lord. You just say, well, you know, I can, I can sort of make it like this. I can dabble here. And I can play there. Use my time doing this. Every now and then, I'll, I'll, go in, I'll go to church and I'll put a little bit in the offering plate. I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. But all right isn't good enough if you want the victory of the Lord in your life. If you want the victory of the Lord, you're going to have to be a totally sold out Christian. All of life has more than one facet to it. There's a, there's a physical side to life. There's a mental side, emotional, and there's a spiritual life. You can live your life just, for, just for in physical ways, just depend on that which you see and feel. Or you can live your life just on the mental side. There, there are people who really don't sell out to God because they don't totally understand the Word of God, the working of the Spirit of God how God moves them. They don't totally understand it. And they, and they try to figure it out. They try to make it work by logic. But you see, reason and logic and what seems to be a natural explanation to you never works with God. The natural doesn't work with God because He's supernatural. Your mentality can't embrace all of the plan of God because his plan is far greater than anything we can even conceive. If you don't, if you don't recognize what I'm telling you is true, pick up your Bible when you go home today and read 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and understand this spiritual, the spiritual aspect where, he, where Paul explains that you cannot reason through the things of God. When the preaching is with with eloquent words of men's wisdom, then it rests in men's wisdom. When the preaching is in the demonstration of the Spirit's power, then it rests in what God can do. And you have to be ready to receive the spiritual revelation of God, not the natural. You, You will never be able to sit down in a little gathering of people, sit down around the table and map out how the plan of God works and say, now... This and, and, and put a and, and, and put a covering of logic on it. Let me just put it that way. And put a covering of logic on it and say, now, this can't be real because this doesn't match the way it, the way it works in life. You see, God is the author of it all, and God has a right to put his plan forth the way he wants to put it forth. He has a, he has a right to, to lead you, direct you where he wants you to go. Whether you take it or not, it's, that's your choice. 
But God has a right to lead you and direct you where he wants you to go. I believe God has a plan for every one of our lives. And we only receive victory. We only receive the, the, the fullness of our life when we follow God's plan and do what God wants us to do. When we totally sell out to him and live for him in absolute victory. So the most important part is the spiritual part. You know, we, we, try, to, we try to put our little... Uh, We try to put our little captions on it. We try to put our little titles on it. That's why some people don't really want to talk about the Lord. They they call him the man upstairs. I don't know know him well enough just to talk about him as Lord. (laughs) I don't know him him well enough just to call him Jesus. I just hate the man upstairs. I've heard people call him the big boss. I, I've, I've read on the, on the uh, bumper stickers. God is my co-pilot. You better let him be the pilot. <laughs> if you're going to ride with him, you better be the co-pilot and let him be the pilot. And, 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 and yeah, he may be the big boss. But you ought to know him well enough to call him by name. He may be the man upstairs, but you ought to know him well enough to call him by name. He's God Almighty, your heavenly Father, Father God, Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. And you call him any less than that, you're belittling yourself. Living totally for him is, is something that he right. Jesus has a right to ask that of us because, you know, he gave himself totally for us. He did something he did not have to do. He was not required to walk out of the realms of glory, out of the presence of his Father God and take upon himself the form of man and become a man, a human being as we are. But he did. He laid aside the robes of glory and the robes of his eternal presence And he came to be born of a virgin, to be live among us as a man, to declare his love for us and to help us to understand and see God. Jesus said again and again, if you see me, you've seen the Father. He came in the flesh so that we could recognize and see God and know him for who he is. And then he paid the ultimate price for us. He died on the cross as a sacrifice for our sins, as the Lamb of God to take away every sin of every person in the world. He died for that reason and rose again to prove that his death was worthwhile, verified, vindicated, justified, settled in the mind of God. That's what Jesus gave all for us. He gave everything for us. And he has a right to ask us to give everything for him. He was able to say to us, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added to you. He's a God of all. He's a God of all things. The God of all glory. The God of all majesty. The God of all perfection. He is a God of all. He that spared not his own son. Paul wrote this to the Romans, chapter 8, verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. There it is. He gave all for us. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? 
All wonderful things, all perfect things, all good things, all glorious things. How shall he not with him in that sacrifice when Jesus gave all for us? When we accept the fullness of that sacrifice and victory in our lives, he will give all good things to us. James said every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above with whom is no shadow, with no variety in turning. There are no variables, as the King James put it, in turning. It is steadfast that everything good comes from God. He has a right. He wants us. He wants us to give all to him. That's what he's asking of us. I started out by saying some of us have decided that. Many haven't. Again, I'm not talking about today whether you're saved or not. You say, well, you're getting me confused, Pastor. Well, let me clarify it and hopefully get your mind straightened out. I'm not talking about being saved. I'm talking about living in victory. Being saved doesn't guarantee living. You can't live in victory without being saved. But you can be saved and not be all the way in victory. You with me? Okay, that's the, it's the level, the level of your dedication and commitment and being sold out to Jesus. Being totally sold out to Jesus. That's what I'm telling you today. If you want to live your life totally, you will all the way, completely, absolutely, you will sell all out to Jesus and give it all over to Him. And so, and so God asks that of us. He wants that of us. He wants us to give everything to Him. He said it again and again and again. Made it very clear in His Word. The young man, the young man came to Jesus and he said, Master, what, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, well, you know the commandments. Keep, keep the commandments. The young man said, I've kept these commandments all my life. Now, he had no peace even though he had kept the commandments. At least in his understanding of them, he had kept them. And so Jesus said, well, you've done well in that you've kept the commandments. Now, I want you to sell all that you have and give it to the poor. And you'll have treasure in heaven. Uh-oh. Whoa, He backed up. And the scripture says he went away sorrowfully. He went away in sorrow because he was very rich. So he could not give it all up. He could not make that sacrifice to turn everything over to Jesus. If you aren't willing to give it all. I, 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 I have said this. Every time I preach or teach and I bring that young man into into the message. I always say this. Jesus told him to do something as a challenge at, for, him, for him to make a commitment. I really believe if he had said to Jesus, I will, I will. I'll give it all up as you tell me. I really think it's extremely possible that Jesus would have said to him, you don't really have to do that. But you do have to be willing to do that. You've got to be willing in all things. There are some things the Lord may not ask you to give up. But you better be willing to give them up if he asks you to. You've got to be willing to walk with him totally. Willing to walk with him totally. That's the answer. Walk with him completely, totally, absolutely, and all the way. If you're going to receive from him. This young man had a lot. He was rich according to 
what the scripture says. There was a woman in the temple that Jesus saw as people were walking by putting their offerings in the offering box. They were putting in whatever they wanted to put in. And this little woman walked up to the offering box and she put two little coins in. Two little coins in. Two little coins she dropped in the offering box. And Jesus said, notice her. She's given more than all of those who gave so much more. She's given more than all of them. Why is that? Because she gave all. She gave all. She gave all she had. And so when you give all, it's not a how, what the amount is. And I'm not just talking about money now. I'm talking about your life. It's a matter of giving all to him. When you give up to Jesus and give everything, give all to him, I don't want to have it my way any longer, Lord. I don't want to feed my ego anymore. I don't want to feed my narcissism anymore. I don't want to be the chief of the, of the, uh, 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 of the tribe all the time. I'm not looking to be the one who makes the orders and gives the rules and says this is the way it's got to be. I'm tired of my own arrogance. I'm tired of my own ways. I'm tired of my own entanglements. I'm tired of my own mentality that makes me think I'm so important. I'm tired of all of that. I want to give everything to you and let you transform me. Let you translate me. Let you make me into a true, living, victorious testimony of the grace of God. So the, so the little woman gave her all. He, uh, Jesus has a way of asking for that, you know. He, he has a way of asking for that. I will tell you, I've been sometimes on my knees before God, and he said to me some things I did not want to hear. Sometimes I went away, I went away and thought, well, I'll come back later. Maybe I didn't hear it right. Maybe he didn't say, I've got to do that. And usually he doesn't say, you have to do this. Now listen carefully. He usually doesn't say, you've got to do this. If you don't do this, you're, probably, you're going to go to hell. If you don't do this, you That's not the way God talks to you. What God will say to you, however, is, will you do this? Will you take this step? Will you make this decision? Will you do this for me? And it may be something that you find very, very difficult to do. I could name you on and on things. God may ask you to move or may ask you not to move. Not talking to anybody in particular. <laughs> Just happened to see John and Leona when I said that. <laughs> not talking about that. But... Uh, but he may ask you to do something that's, that's different from what your plans are. You know, you may have a plan to use that $2,563 that you've got socked away in your savings account for something. And God may come to you and say, you know, it would be a good idea if you'd do this with it. And your first thought is, wait a minute, i got plans for that. You've always got plans. You've always got your own ideas. You've always got your own way. Sure, we all do. But the Lord may say, I want you to take that money 
and do this with it. Help somebody that needs help. Give it into the work of the Lord in some way. Or it could be anything. It could be anything. You decided not to go back to school, and the Lord told you, you really ought to go back to school. That would be a good thing. He doesn't say, if you don't do it, calamity is going to be falling on you. I'll put a dark cloud over you, and that's all you're going to see for the rest of your life. God doesn't work that way. But he gives you the chance to grow and to grow and to grow into total victorious living for him. And so the, and so the, the path to that is hearing him. You know, when Jesus called his disciples, every one of them he called and called them to leave their previous life. Every one of them. He did not let any of them stay in their previous life. If they were fishermen... He said, fold up your net, boys, and come and follow me. Not going to fish for fish anywhere. I'll make you fishers of men. If he was a tax collector like Levi was who became Matthew, he said, get up from your tax collecting table. And that was a very remunerative position in those days. He said, get up from your tax collector's table and follow me. And Matthew did. That's why we have the gospel according to Matthew. And so again and again and again, Jesus said that he even, he even called a terrorist. And he said, give up your attempts to overthrow the political system and give up your terrorism and come follow me. That was Simon, another Simon. Simon the Zealot, they called him. The Zealot, was, he was doing everything he could to overthrow the power of Rome to get that, that country, that people set free. He was doing everything he could, illegal things, wrong things, because he was a zealot. But Jesus said, come on, follow me. He became one of the 12 disciples. So he calls us out of a life and into another life. And when we follow him, we follow him into a life of victory. And some of you are struggling with this very concept right now. You're struggling with it right now. Even as I'm preaching it, you're thinking to yourself, I can't do that. And I'm going to agree with you. You can't do it, not on your own. But when you learn, when you learn down on your knees, when you learn in the presence of God, when you learn in the aura, and you're, you're, and you're before God, if you don't get on your knees, you ought to do it. You ought to get on your knees every day somewhere, sometime every day, get on your knees before God. And when you're on your knee before God and God starts to speak to you, you say to him, I don't know that I can do that, Lord. But if you help me, I will. If you will help me, I will. And he will help you. And when he helps you, you can. You won't be able to do it without him, but with him you can. You can. It doesn't matter what it is he's asking you to walk away from. It doesn't matter what it is he's asking you to give up. He may be asking you to give up a way of life. He may just be asking you to give up another person. Wow, I wonder why I said that. Anyway, he may be, he may be asking you to give up somebody else. And most likely it's not going to be a husband or wife, by the way, just in case you've got any ideas. <laughs> it's not going to be that, but... It could be somebody that you might be planning to be a husband or wife that you need to get, I won't say get rid of, that you need to walk away from. God will call you to do things that you may not find great comfort in doing is what I'm telling you. 
Peter got concerned about this one time. Right after, right after Jesus talked to the young ruler, Jesus, when he walked away, said, Oh, oh, how, how hard it is for the rich to go into the kingdom of God. It's easier for the camel to go through an eye of needle than for a rich man to go into the kingdom of God, Jesus said. And they said, Well, Lord, if that's true, how can anybody be saved if that's true? And what did Jesus say? He said, With God, nothing is impossible. <laughs> Nothing's impossible with God. That's what I started out saying. For no word from God will ever fail. And so when, when they heard all of that, then Peter, ever the spokesman for the group, one day God might have asked Peter to give up being the spokesman, I don't know. But uh, anyway, Peter, the spokesman, <laughs> who appointed himself as spokesman so many times, said, well, Lord, what about all of us? Because we've given up all. See, he asked them to give up all. He called them to give up all. And Peter confirmed it. Peter said, Lord, we, we, we gave up all. This is in Luke chapter 18, if you want to check me out on any of this. And, and, and Peter said, we've left all to follow you, Lord. What about us? You say a rich man can't go into the kingdom of heaven. Now, now we're concerned about us. We left all to follow you. And Jesus said, no person has given up houses, land, family, background, his way of life. No person has given up anything for me that will not be rewarded many times over, abundantly, fully, completely, overflowingly. No person has ever given up anything that will not be rewarded adequately, amply, and gloriously by me. And that's a fact, friends. You never will give up anything that he won't give you something better than that. That's why it's glorious to live the total life. That's why it's wonderful to live in totality. That's why it's wonderful to give it all up to him to see what he's going to do to give you the victory to better everything that you had before. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I think I'll be a Christian today. The total total life, this total life, has to be lived by faith. You you can't, this is why you've had difficulty. You can't do this on your own. You can't do this because you said, you need God's help that comes to you by faith. You come to God trusting Him. In faith, He does things in your life. And When you trust God by faith, you believe his word. Have you ever found yourself praying and something in the back of your head said, well, I'm just talking to myself, talking to the air. I know you don't want to nod or say amen or anything like that. You don't have to because I know you have. I found myself on, on occasions questioning in that kind of way. But I will tell you what God always does He always comes and lets me know he really is real and he really is there. Because faith tells me, if I have faith, if I'm going to receive from God, I must believe. Believe that he is. That he is real. Believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you diligently seek him, he will reward you with victory in your life for that. So God's word, we have to depend on and trust. And, and 
And, and, and we, have to, we have to totally acquiesce to the promise of God that He will be faithful and believe in God's faithfulness. Not believe in those things that are going on around us. Not believe in the circumstances with which we are surrounded. We've got to believe in those things that are real, eternally real, to be faithful, to, to, be, to believe in the faithfulness of God. That God, no matter what things seem to be happening, no matter how difficult things seem to be, and oftentimes are in reality that difficult, we have to trust God in spite of what we see, in spite of what's around us. We have to put our confidence, our faith in the faithfulness of God. And that's where trust comes in. We have to totally believe Him for His faithfulness if we're going to live a life totally for Him. It's, it's, it's essential. Faithfulness leads to trust. If you believe in God's faithfulness, that will lead you to trust Him in all things. I could tell you about Job in the Bible. I could tell you about other people in the Bible, even Jairus, whose daughter died. He could, he could have given up when the people came to him and said, your daughter's dead. But he didn't. He listened to the master. They went on all back to his household. And Jesus raised her from the dead. You've got to put your faith totally, totally in him. No matter how things seem that are around you, you've got to put your faith and your confidence totally and absolutely in him. I wrote this in my Faith Walk column not long ago. Actually, I wrote it a long time ago and republished it fairly recently. And I had several people comment on about it. I was glad I put it back in again because several people wrote me and spoke to me about it. I have a brother who is 20 years younger than I am. We had one in, in between us who died. So it's, just, it's just he and I now as, as the remainder of my immediate family. But when he was maybe three or four years old, he was just, just a really little boy. And I was a very young man. I was already preaching. But uh, I was playing with him one day. And I took him outside. And we lived in a house that, where there were steps that walked up to the front porch. And on the side of those steps was a little, uh, I never know what to call those things. But it was some kind of, it was like a little planter. It was a flat piece of concrete that uh, maybe if you put these two tables here together would be about like that. A flat piece of concrete with bricks held up by bricks on each side of the steps. So I got the idea that I would uh, play with him and, and, and uh, give him a chance to jump off that and have a lot of fun. <laughs> so I put him up on that thing and I stepped out in front of it and I said, now, you run and jump and I'll catch you. And that sounded like a good idea to him. It looked great. I'm standing, I'm going to catch him, you know, run and jump, catch him. And, and so he got back to the back of that, that uh, slab of concrete. And he kind of like, I'm right here going up to the edge of this platform right here. And he started running towards me. I was standing a couple of three feet out from him at the end. He started running toward me. And his little old legs, three or four years, he's running. And he gets right up to that edge. He stopped when he looked down. It wasn't far down. <laughs> probably, probably no higher than that. Down. 
Long ways to a little four-year-old. So he, 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 he stopped right there. He didn't say anything. He wasn't going to do it. I said, well, go back. Go back. Come in and try it again. You, this will be fun. I'm going to catch you. I'm going to catch you when you jump. And he thought it over. He decided, well, he, maybe he would do it. So he walked back to the back of it again. And I said, come on, jump. He starts running. He stopped. Whoa, whoa. Looked down. He wasn't saying he wouldn't do it, but he just stopped and looked. <laughs> I, I knew what he was thinking. That's a long ways down. What if you don't catch me? What, 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 if, I, what if I just jump and you're not there? Or you miss me and I fall. I said, go back and try it again. This is going to be fun. Have you ever said somebody tell you something was really going to be fun and you knew down in your side it was not going to be fun for you, it was going to be fun for them? Kind of like that. So he, he went back to the end of it and he started over again. He looked around. I could see him looking at the end of it. He almost got off. He almost slipped off. Stopped. I kept on trying to persuade him. I'm thinking, well, maybe one more try. So he goes back. He goes back. He gets to the end of it. And one more time, he said, here I come. I said, yeah, I heard that. He takes off running. He comes right. He gets right to the end of it. And when he gets out to the end, he just takes a real leap. Jumps. And, of course, when he jumps, I reach out and grab him. I caught him. I swung him around, set him on the ground. So I see, I told you I'd catch you. You know what he did? You know what he did? He turned around, went right back up here. Catch me again, catch me again, catch me again. This time he took off, didn't even hesitate, got right to the end of it. And I caught him again, swung him around there. Catch me again, catch me again. He ran up and did it again. I don't know how many times he did it. I think I got tired before he did. <laughs> but once he found out, once he found out that I was there and he could trust me and I would not let him fall, he was free to take a leap for glory. He could leap to victory. He had what he needed. He had trust. He had trust. Because he had proven it was true. He had trust. And my friend, when you come to the place that you prove the faithfulness of God is true, that he will not fail you, he will do what he says he will do. He will be there when you need him. When you give all to him, he'll give more back to you. If you live for him totally, he'll give you that which is beyond total. More than we know. More than we can imagine. Because he came that we might have life and have it more abundantly. Beyond our expectations. And that's the victory of the Lord for every single one of us. And you can have that today. You can have that today by your surrender to him. Take a leap and trust him. Take a leap and trust him. He will not let you fall. He will not fail you. Do you believe that today? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Everybody stand with me, please.